and currently I've been thinking about interpretation, right? Because a lot of people would criticize like different interpretations, like this is absolute bullshit. Because <laughs> you know when 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 people like Freud start interpreting the phallic inside Dostoevsky, like it does seem rather absurd. And I think similarly, a lot of times when I'm reading and I find these strange connections between different <laughs> different texts, different books, and different authors, it's like, well, do they really intend this, or am I sort of extracting this out, artificially creating them? And then the answer that I've arrived is that it doesn't really matter whether the meaning is already inside the, the text, inside the words or not, but rather that it is, when, when we're interpreting a, a piece of art, a work of art, what we're doing really is also interpreting ourselves and, and whatever, whatever interpretation that comes out of the work of art is some some part of ourselves that has been articulated, that has been expressed. So in this sense, the the process of interpretation is productive, not perhaps because we can really exhaust all the meaning of the words of the Bible, but instead it is through this constant interpretation that we start to understand ourselves. And that's why these these texts are so inexhaustible. That's why we can read the Bible 20, 30, 50 times and, and still find something new. Because what we're finding new is not only what's new inside the Bible, but what's new inside us. And it, it's almost the Bible is, a, I guess, a key that enables us to understand ourselves better than we can normally understand it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very interesting idea. And... I think it ties in very similar to our understanding of being. It's like your understanding of being isn't just about your understanding of the exact thing or the understanding found within that thing, but actually a, a mix of the two. It is the combined understanding of that in the world and that within yourself, which allows to uh, a complete understanding of being. Now, have you remembered your second point that you're talking about or, or were you wishing that I never raised it again because you still haven't thought of it? <laughs> yeah, I wish you never raised it again. <laughs> but and that's I mean, we, we can go back to the actual Genesis text. Maybe. Yeah, indeed. I think I think we can go to um the chapter three aspect where it says, he said, I have found favor in, you, in your eyes. If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought. Then you may all wash your feet and rest under the street. Let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and go on your way. Now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they said. Uh, do as you say. I think this is a very interesting idea because it's idea of inviting God into uh, your home, inviting the Lord, the unity into one's home. And I think that's something very interesting. Yes, I, I agree with you. This idea of inviting the divine into the home. But I think it also reveals some, some profound concept of the neighbor and this hospitality to the neighbor that is expressed here. So when you're, when you're expressing this, a friendship and love towards your neighbor, what you're doing really is to, is to let the Lord into your home. It's this, because I'm thinking, what really differs Judaism and Christianity, I think to, to the other major religions, it's, is its attitude towards one's neighbor in the sense that there is, there, there's, it's a completely universal religion in some sense, because there is no, 
is there is no concept of neighbor or your neighbor is is just yourself. That's the famous line by Paul of uh, you, you need a Greek nor a Jew, right? You're just a believer. And here I think we can we can see this inside Abraham already by by inviting these three strangers into his home. He's showing this hospitality towards the neighbor, of course, taking a certain risk too, and and thereby inviting God into their homes. I definitely think that that's a very interesting kind of thing you're thinking. And I think that perfectly ties into the idea that if you're doing something for someone else, if you're caring, if you're clothing the poor, you're doing that in love, then you're doing it as if you're clothing me. And there's this idea that we ought to love others and we also are meant to seek and if we look for the divine, we realize that the divine is already at our door in some sense that the neighbor isn't some distant entity that you have to invite in, but it is the moment of inviting in that you realize it is already there. I think that there's this idea of knock and the door shall be opened unto you, seek and you shall find. It's a great hymn. It's the idea that God is already on your doorstep. The point of resurrection or salvation, or at least understanding, is not necessarily to go look for him, but rather to just open the door and reach out. Yes, and the the, the line, seek and you shall find. Well, first you have to go and seek. So you you almost have to open yourself up. There's a very Heideggerian theme here, because for Heidegger, it's like, what's Dasein? For him, the fundamental, I guess, function of Dasein is this attunement towards the world that he calls a clearing, a certain openness, a creation of a certain space in which being can come through. And if you want to interpret it in your Tillichian way, in a, in a biblical way, then we, we are just this openness that invites God in, or we, we are this humanity is this creation of a certain space that a certain space in which the divine can inhabit itself and perhaps a space that a, a, a certain area that is carved out out of the meaninglessness of the rest of the world and i think this we, we also have to emphasize on certain meaningless the meaninglessness of certain events because we don't want to go into as i told you before this kind of strange pantheism it's like, well, COVID hit. Uh, there's a there's a divine reason for that. Everything has a reason. Everything has a meaning. And said so there are some things that's meaningless. And I think that's the also the teaching of Job. But it is despite this meaninglessness of much of suffering that for us by uh, clothing the poor, by inviting our neighbors into into our homes, that we can carve out this small space that the divine can inhabit. I definitely agree with you. And I think that that is such a beautiful idea, the idea of the need to invite the, the neighbor in, the divine in.